And the Oscar is awarded to Nicolas Cage. Oh boy. Oh boy. Three and a half million dollar budget, some 16 millimeter uh, film stock thrown in, and I'm holding one of these. I have got to thank the members of the Academy for this, for including me in this group of super talents, and, and for helping me blur the line between art and commerce with this award. I, uh, I, uh, well, I, I know it's not hip to say it, but I just love acting, and I hope that, uh, I hope that there will be more encouragement for uh, alternative movies where we can experiment and fast forward into the future of acting. Hello and welcome to Cage Fighting Birthday Cast Special. Jermaine man, Andy Gillard here. Hope you're all doing well right now. Hi everybody, Matt Guy here. One year older, not one year wiser. How are we? Good morrow, fine sirs. Welcome all, welcome, welcome aboard. Being a year is quite mental, really. It doesn't, it doesn't, it, it both doesn't feel like a year and it really does at the same time. Absolutely. I mean, it was dropped in the midst of, you know, chaos and it looks like we're finally coming out of it. And I think cage fighting is a big reason on why things are looking better finally that, that full year. <laughs> I, I just want to, I want to, you know, we talked about um, things you want to wouldn't see in a previous <laughs> episode. I want, I want to go back and see when Andy Gillard texts me saying, I've got an idea. <laughs> is this a mad idea? <laughs> I was going to say when, when he when he said that to you. I mean, we we kind of hinted at this for years, but never in this format. And just doing a podcast about nerdy stuff and talking bollocks, which is what it's kind of evolved into. <laughs> but, but yeah, we we never quite found the in, did we, Stu? Yeah. Until I mean that, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> but from that great day, from the great seed of beginnings in Brentford to where. Uh, Yes, bloody hell. Yeah, it has been a long old time. Can you believe that we have recorded 35 podcasts of films? Uh, 30 th- yeah, 33 have been released, so there are two more that are currently banked. We have watched 33 Nick Cage films in that time. And there have been other movies as well. Obviously, we did Last Christmas and Zack Snyder's Justice League and Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead and Zack Snyder's everything else. <laughs> the, the, the feel of it. But yeah, 33 films have been pumped out. It has been a an interesting year of highs and lows, I think is uh, fair to say. You know, I've never watched this, this many films in, in, well, I'd probably say about three years combined. And so we started doing this. <laughs> I mean, I, it did kind of reignite my love of watching films, to be honest, because it had been mm. like, yeah, I'd go and watch MCU films and DC and whatever and, and blockbusters like we all kind of ha 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 about all the time but i've watched more films than playing games in the last year easily mainly but mainly because of doing this yeah i mean i i always watched a lot of films but then i think i went through a period of time of just going through tv series but no whenever i get a little break i will put a film on before i think about starting a new tv series mm. maybe that's the film student in me still <laughs> after all this time <laughs> So the last time we checked in was following a review of Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> Can you remember that film? Heavens above, that was an absolute stinker. 
because when I looked on the list of when we dropped it in, I, I wanted to listen to the list again just to, to let you know where we were. And I listened to some of the review of Jiu-Jitsu and I thought I've scrubbed most of this film from my memory. It was uh, that bad. But since then, we have watched, just of Nicolas Cage, we have watched Trapped in Paradise, Raising Arizona, Matchstick Men, Army of One, Inconceivable, Willy's Wonderland, Adaptation, Gone in 60 Seconds, and Drive Angry in 3D. So, to answer the big question, <laughs> it is starting to look a little bit more one-sided after this last round of films. Last time out, it was 37 to 35 but the bad reviews that I think that we got in this round were from Trapped in Paradise and Gone in 60 Seconds. And me and Matt weren't impressed with Inconceivable. So the rest were pretty much good. So it's now at 56 to 43 in favour of good. However, we are still under halfway through. So it's not a foregone conclusion. And I know that there are some real bad films <laughs> left. So for the record, myself and Matt both had 11 to 13 in favour of bad last time out. And we're now both 17 to 16 good. And Stu was 15 to 9 to 22 to 11. He's championing champion yeah. this. So I think we'll start with a bad. Let's get that out of the way. And we'll do our 5 to 1 on our least favourite cage films. I'll go first. So... Last time out, it was uh, Ghost Rider, Pay the Ghost, Jiu-Jitsu, Knowing, and Left Behind was the number one worst film that we'd watched. And after this round of films, the only one for me is Trapped in Paradise. That goes into number four, so that'll push Pay the Ghost back to number five. I thought that Trapped in Paradise was just painful watching. <laughs> Partly for Cage, but mostly for Dana Carvey. I thought he he was proper nails on the chalkboard. So the top three remainers, they are. My only change in mine is uh, Trapped in Paradise goes into number four. Stu, what's your uh, bottom five? However much I hated Trapped in Paradise and we slated it, I'm going to keep it off for a bit just because I think I'm going to watch it at Christmas and I think it might change my mind. <laughs> And, uh, well, we did watch it after Christmas. This is what I mean. So, so we, we watched it because yeah. we didn't didn't know it was a Christmas film when it quite clearly is. Um, yeah, I think that might change it, and it, it might it might have to go <laughs> kind of retrospectively move my score of that one up because as a Christmas film, it's nonsense and it, it's not a good film anyway. But <laughs> on my bottom five, it's Kill Chain, Pay the Girls, Left Behind, Jujutsu, and obviously next Rock Bottom Forever. Um, out of all of them, Inconceivable was just shit. <laughs> it, and, but is it worse than them five? Because like, looking at the others, Trapped in Paradise wasn't a good film. Army of One was a bit meh. It mm. wasn't really... It wasn't offensive enough to, to kick some of them off. Um, I think Inconceivable's got... Because Kill Chain, at least Kill Chain had a bit of something about it. There was mm. at least a bit of. It wasn't very well made, and there was boring parts. But I think it's going to be dropped. I think Inconceivable's getting in that top, that bottom five. I, I can't argue with you because Eva Marie was really bad. Nikki Whelan, who was the co-star in it, she was shocking. 
and Gina Gershon was just batshit insane. So yeah, I can't can't argue with that. To be fair, Matt, what's your lowest of the low? The lowest of the low, the hall of shame, as it was. Um, just looking at what my um, what my bottom five were previously. So it looks like I had, um, which feel it feels really unfair now. But I had Snake Eyes at five, Pay the Ghost next, Jujitsu, and Left Behind was my <laughs> my my bottom five. There's been a few changes. Some films have been redeemed. Um, so we, in number five, we've got Inconceivable, Drek, absolute Drek. <laughs> the, the fact that it, it shows a bit of skin probably keeps it just at five and not further down. Um, <laughs> Trapped in Paradise, number four. Then we are um, at Pay the Ghost in number three, next at number two, and Left Behind at number one um, for how just offensively bad it is. So it looks like uh, Jiu-Jitsu got a complete redemption um, and Snake Eyes um, was off the list mm. as well. I think Jiu-Jitsu was taken off purely because at the time, I think I've got a, just an urge to watch Jiu-Jitsu again. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why that is. You should um, just listen to the review from last time and see if you still want to. Maybe, but yeah. that's what I've gone for anyway. We've, um, Left Behind will never be taken off that list in some capacity. It probably will always be the worst film I've ever, I've ever seen as opposed mm-hmm. to on this list. On um yeah. on jujitsu, I mean regular list of Dean's one of Dean's workmates watched it and absolutely loves it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, there's nothing good there's nothing to love about it though. Yeah. I don't I don't know how oh. does it make any sense at all. But there's people who like it, so who are we to judge? <laughs> Didn't it have like a three point six on IMDB? <laughs> there's obviously not many people who love it. <laughs> So I've got a question for you, fellas. What film did not live up to your expectations? What did you go in thinking this should be all right and just shit the bed? Anything in particular that really let you down? Matt? Army of One. Mm. For me. Army of One had all the recipe to be um, an unknown, but a really entertaining unknown he had the capacity to be classic crazy cage and a performance that he can stick his teeth into and make absolutely bizarre and 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 noteworthy and memorable. But now I think back to it, and I I might have even said that like I enjoyed it at the time. I'd need to listen back. But when I think about it now, just it was just a bit shit, wasn't it? Mm. It wasn't fantastic, and I think from what I'd read and what I saw about it, I expected more and. It had the recipe to be really good, and actually, in reality, it, it just wasn't, was it? Mm. I mean, all three of us said that Cage was good in it, mm. and I, I do think he put in an interesting performance. Yeah, I just felt the rest of the film didn't hold up its end of the bargain. To be perfect, mm, yeah, absolutely agree. Mm. Stu, what uh, what let you down? It was on there as well, but. I can't really put it on there because I didn't really expect it to be anything more than it was. And I thought it would be shit mm. anyway. So <laughs> going into it with no expectations, and we, like we said at the time, I did laugh in part at it because, and obviously it was based on someone who's a bit mental anyway. Um, but looking down that list, I mean, Trapped in Paradise, as I've already mentioned, is getting a buy until Christmas. Um but the others, I mean, 
Masked Men didn't really know much about anyway to begin with. Mm. I'm going to kind of flip it here and say Gone in 60 Seconds because other than from extreme nostalgia for me, mm. it wasn't what I remembered. And I know all, yeah. I've gone, I was quite favourable about it a few weeks ago when we talked about it when it was fresh in my mind. But thinking back at it now and watching what's come, what's come since in Fast and Furious and stuff, and even the Need for Speed movie, it just isn't very good. It's not very no. exciting. And I, I know I'm contradicting myself of what I said on that episode where you have to take it for what it was at the time. But I remembered it for something that it wasn't. And the film that mm. would actually is there isn't what I remembered. It's proper roasting to specs with, with, that, with that one especially. So just because of that, it, it disappointed me how it wasn't what I thought. So mm. going 60 seconds for me. Yeah, same. I remember really enjoying it. Like It's got to have been around the time that it was released when I last saw it. I remember enjoying it then. And now, it's not even that it's bad. It's that it's lame. Like It's, it's not even bad enough to be called bad. It's just dorky and lame and just doesn't live up to anything. Um, but for me, it was jiu-jitsu. It was the first film that we discussed that was released during the lifetime of the podcast. And I remember the trailer for Jiu-Jitsu looking absolutely <laughs> bananas. And yeah. it, it just wasn't. It ended up being a really stinky whiffer of a movie. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Jiu-Jitsu was my uh, biggest letdown. On the flip side of the coin, though, what, exec- uh, what exceeded your expectations? Uh, my answer to that one, after the absolute shit show that was Jiu-Jitsu... I went into Willy's Wonderland thinking, oh, I don't want to be hurt again, sort of thing here. <laughs> and it's ended up being one of like my favourite films that I've seen in the first half of 2021. I, I properly loved it. So, yeah, Willy's Wonderland far exceeded where I, I went in thinking. Stu, what about you? Yeah, absolutely. Willy's Wonderland was has no right, it still has no right being as good and fun as it is. Um, just, mm. just just to mix it up a bit, obviously, I, I, Drive Angry was exactly as I remembered it. So that's kind of... Yeah. It would have been that because of the premise is mental and you don't expect it to be like that. But Raising Arizona, because I am... Obviously, it's got this massive... Or Raising Ariana, as you uh, put in the thing earlier on. <laughs> it's, it's got this massive reputation of being a, such a great film and everything. And whenever you think of... You hear something like that for a film that old... You're always mm. going thinking, oh no, is it really? And it absolutely was. It was wonderful. It was, yeah, it was superb. Brilliant. Um, so yeah, Raising Arizona. And as we'll get to when we uh, get later into this, it's um, mm. it's it's placed. Let's just, just say that. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I properly loved uh, Raising Arizona. Matt, what about yourself? Uh, it was going to be Colour Out of Space, but I had no expectations going into it, really, because I, mm. I just knew nothing about it at all. Whereas I watched a trailer for Matchstick Men, and I thought, mm, this isn't what I... I'm not really too keen on this. And ended up actually really enjoying it in the end. Mm. Um, and it has heart and has soul and um, a fantastic Nick Cage performance in it as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, Matchstick Men I really enjoyed. Kind of had just out of the blue. Ones are something that I expected to enjoy, but what I did. Um, 
adaptation as well would, would have been close on that list as well. Mm. Something that I wouldn't normally give the time of day to, especially with the trailer mm. being this kind of very different, uh, not not really boy meets girl meets, but but it's like it was very Hollywood, yeah, yeah. And uh, but uh, the film itself is very enjoyable. Mm. One that I went into expecting the dirt worst, Grand Isle. Oh man, and yeah. I, I actually quite enjoyed that in yeah, the end. Yeah, I like did it, as well. I don't know if it'll that was, never I, make I, a... I, I, Yeah, I don't know if that was because it, I was pretty much horny through the whole of it because of you <laughs> <laughs> trying to seduce him the whole time. But um, yeah, it was a good film. That mm. like you'll never make the top five list, but yeah, I went in expecting absolute dreck, and it was decent in the end. And obviously, Mom and Dad was another one that we all loved. I didn't really have any expectations. I knew nothing of it before, so I suppose that's why he didn't make it uh, mm-hmm. onto my list. So we've spoke about the bat. Let's do the top five now. Uh, Stu, do you want to start us off? Yeah, before my top five was in at five was Mom and Dad, Con Air, Colorado Space, Face Off and The Rock. And looking at the, that list, I really, really, really love Drive Angry. But it can't it can't <laughs> go on the top five. Um whereas as I've kind of hinted at there, Raising Arizona is now in at three for me. Mm. Um which and Mom and Dad is staying in and Connor is dropping out just because Mom and Dad's amazing. And mm. Willie's Wonderland, if if it was a top six, it would be six. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think Raising Arizona was so good. But yeah, that is now my third favourite. Super. Matt? Yeah, this is really, really tough. And my list has changed like loads of times as well. This is mm. like last day of the season, playoff final position is being like decided by goal difference kind of territory. Um, it was really, really tough. And I probably I'll probably regret it when I hear this back. But initially, um, it was colour out of space in five, face off, kick ass. Bad Lieutenant and The Rock as my list. Mm. I've now gone number five, Willy's Wonderland. Um, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Kick-Ass has been removed because it's only on the basis that it's not a Nick Cage film. He's a, he's, he's a bit part of player in it in reality. So um, I've gone Adaptation, believe it or not. Okay. Um, because I did really enjoy it. Even I know I didn't maybe understand it quite in the intellectual <laughs> level that yourself did, but I did enjoy it. Um, Color Out of Space gets a promotion to number three. Uh, then Bad Lieutenant, then The Rock. So Face Off faces the music as well. Um, so that list could, on any given day, be changed, and and the the, the, the kind of five, four, and three could move around. Mm. Um, and mom and dad could go in there. Um, Definitely. Uh, you know, there's, there's, you know, Willie's Wonderland again, quite lucky to make it in. And maybe just because it's quite recent is why it's mm. in. Mm. Um, but yeah, really, really tough that. Some really, really good films in there. Yeah. My five was mom and dad. Four was bad lieutenant. Face off rock. And then kick ass was at number one. Um, looking at that list, I think I got it wrong. I think Bad Lieutenant is far too low on that list. I think of all the films that we've watched, that one is the one that has been at the back of my mind the most. Mm. Even now, I'm like, yeah, you know, I really want to sit down and watch Bad Lieutenant again. 
So I think that deserves to be bumped up. And you kind of stole my thunder a little bit, Matt, because I completely agree with Kick-Ass. It was previously my number one. It's not a Nick Cage film, though, is it? No, no, it's not. And I think the fact that we watched it for this just reminds you of how great a film it is. So you want to put it in. Yeah. Um, But but then it's not a Nick Cage film, is it? No, it's one of the best films that Nick Cage is in, but it's not a Nick Cage film. Yeah, so I've taken that out as well. So there are two new entries into my top five. Willy's Wonderland is at number five. Mom and Dad is at number four. Raising Arizona is number three. The Rock is number two. And Bad Lieutenant is number one. So Face Off has been binned. And obviously Kick-Ass, as I just described. Like I think the thing with Face Off, it's a great, terrible movie. Yeah. And I'm getting to the point where I just want films I actually actively enjoy. And all of the ones on that list are ones that I, I've i watched a couple of times this year. I mean, I watched Mom and Dad again the other week. I think it's a great movie. So, whereas Face Off, I'll probably watch again in another five years, just for that so bad it's good kind mm, of feel to it. absolutely fair, that. Yeah. So that's my list. And so the final question I've got then, what has been your favourite moment of the past 12 months of cage fighting? Stu? Let me just say that on the original draft list for this, it was your top, your favourite Stu moment. And so, yeah, it was. So that has been changed, <laughs> thankfully. It's one and the same, to be honest. <laughs> um... <laughs> There's a few. I mean, getting Tom stayed was incredible. That was that was a great mm. day. That was, um, but the one that I thought of straight away was the an email that we had on had really early on from just a random guy we didn't know who said that it was his um, his regular thing on a Monday morning to listen to while he was at work and mm. at five a.m. I thought actually, yeah, it make, I said it at the time. It makes it all worthwhile when you got people. Yeah, we'll, we'll do this anyway, if, even if no one listened, because it's a bit, it's a laugh. But the fact that people actually got us in, in their schedule, is, even though we've all been done, doing this for years on the fancast and everything, it's still a bit strange, <laughs> and but in a really nice way. And to be yeah. kind of to be important to someone like that, it, it was really nice. It was a really really nice moment. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that that's definitely one of my favourite moments as well. Loved that. Matt, what about yourself? I mean, yeah, I mean, I got to hear Paul Clayton do a bit for Peep show. <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> I, I lost my shit to that. And then, you know, the episode with Tom Stade was great. He was so funny. And then there's the line that, like, I always go back to just when I need a chuckle when he's, when he's like, someone throw a shield at this bitch. <laughs> like, he's, uh, and that was, that was great. But, um, it's, it's the same as Stu's. I think it, was, it might be a different person, this. Um, we had a DM from now um, Cage Fighting regular, Andrew Wright. Basically, I won't read the read the, the tweet, the, the, the message out, but basically says he came to us via Wolves Fancast, via kind of osmosis, uh, and he really enjoys it. And it's just kind of a, like a keep up the good work thing from somebody like we'd never really liaised with before and had any conversation with before. And, you know, if we only reached out to kind of 10, 15 people that are our friends, 
we probably just still do this because we just enjoy it. It's quite a laugh. But to actually make a new listener mm. just at the time and still does just felt really nice. Felt like a bit of validation yeah. for something that isn't sometimes really silly, but sometimes actually you pull a lot of your heart in because you enjoy it. And it was just really nice to have that little bit of validation. So, yeah, that's probably my favourite moment so far. Mm. Yeah, totally. I mean, like, I mean, Paul Clayton was brilliant. The fact that we got together the night before to record the news because we thought he won't want to be with us all evening. He won't be pissing around with us idiots. <laughs> and then he comes on and he just spends ages regaling us with tales of yeah, yeah, yeah. his but... showbiz life. And it was just incredible. I loved that. And yeah, Tom Stade is just hilarious. And the fact that he, it wasn't like he did it because he had to do it. He he actively wanted to come on. And I thought that was it just felt brilliant to have that interaction with someone. Yeah. I, I don't think one thing that we'd said about Tom said, I think it's been mentioned on the show at any point. He spent a good 15, 20 minutes asking about us, what we do for a living. What yeah. are we into? What, like he could have been in and out, fulfilled his obligation to some idiot podcast that tweeted <laughs> him. Um, and he didn't, he spent time just chatting to us and like, he rang me up to like, to, <laughs> to arrange it, and mm. I was like, I was on the phone for him for like a good like five ten minutes or so. Um, they're just the mark of a really nice bloke um, and a very funny one at that. Mm. Yeah, definitely a good brother. Well, I mean, I've loved <clears throat> interacting with people on Twitter. Has been brilliant meeting all these like all the different podcasts and everything that seem to be having conversations with us and that interaction with them. And I really like that podcast community that everyone seems to be quite like everyone wants to help each other. And I think that's a, a really amazing thing. And like very early doors, we set up a, a cage um, group on, on Twitter with all the other cage podcasts. Yeah, 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 like it's yeah. ridiculous to think that we, we're doing something like that. And yeah. So yeah, it, it is, it's the other people that just knowing that they listen, that they give us that, that bit of time each week when they don't have to, because it's just, it's just us talking shit about something we love. <laughs> as, as you said, Matt, if it was just a few people, if it was just our friends listening, we would still do it because we love doing it. But it's the fact that it's not just people we know or we knew before. Yeah, it's wonderful, and it's and it's like people like like TK and stuff who I don't know, and you kind of know you you meet through people, but then like playing football with them until my my fatal injury. Um, like people couldn't do it. I hadn't really ever spoke to in person. So oh, yeah, I listened to it, and I think like and like the whole meeting Tara as well, and that getting her on, and Dave being on as well, and everyone and Rich and Jordan, everyone we've had as guests have all been great as well. And hmm. obviously, guests are going to be come and go as well in the years to come. And that's not going to stop. But it's like it, every time someone comes on this, it depends. It doesn't matter who they are. It's just wonderful that they want to do it. <laughs> mm, really is like Tara was really like thankful of us giving her the time on the podcast. I'm like, no, no, we want you to come <laughs> on. We like we've enjoyed it. It's been great. I really liked being able to invite Dave Evans on, who obviously he's the reason we know each other because he was the former leader of the, the fan cast. So it was nice to be able to to reach out. And obviously, we've had a few other guys who've been on the pod. The, on this podcast, who are from the fan cast, it, it was great to have that different conversation. Mm. 
it's it's been a great year, and I, I'm thoroughly looking forward to year two, even if the films may not be that good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I am looking forward to the uh, the, the conversations that we've, we've been to have. So, just want to say a massive thank you for the past twelve months. We we are, we wouldn't be here without you, and you know that, that's not hyperbole. So, thank you very very much, Matt. Would you like to say goodbye for this uh, special birthday cast? Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for your time and your patience uh, listening to us chatting Shiite uh, week in, week out. Um, but at least you've got to hear Stu's <laughs> ridiculous life <laughs> in full HD in your eardrums because it just gets better and better every week. Literally, like, so, like, honestly, I don't know how you haven't either spent time inside. Or like you're just like you're not already a TV celebrity in some capacity, it's, but no. it's it's just normal things. It's <laughs> none, of, none of the none of these things I've gone out my way to experience. It just happens to me. Why yeah, always? Why always? Yeah, I'll tell you, Stu. Yeah, like but, there's so many mad things that Stu comes out with. I had completely forgotten about the body form thing that he did. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> After listening to the end of the jiu-jitsu podcast for for earlier, it rolled over into the next episode, and it, the next episode was the body form, and I thought, the fuck's this? Oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it really tickled me. Yeah, man. Anyway, <laughs> look after yourselves, guys. Stu, would you like to say goodbye? Yeah, after all this mockery. Um, yeah, it's it's... <laughs> A genuine pleasure. This nonsense gets enjoyed by so many people. And yeah, just keep the good work. Keep sending your stuff in and we love you all. Tra. It's goodbye from me. And to quote Vinnie Jones, it's been emotional. Welcome to the first episode of Cage Fighting, answering the big questions in film. My name's Andrew Gillard. I am a film nerd. I did film studies at university. In 2018, I watched 408 new films. Well, they were new to me anyway. I still have my list of films from that year. That is how much of a film nerd I am. I list the films I watch. Before I even, even introduce myself, how is this possible? How can you possibly watch that many films, even this year alone? I'm a single man, I live alone, I need something to do. So yeah, films constantly. Yeah, so I'm Stu Hall. I went to uni for a bit and did media comms, um, but we did a bit of film as well. And as with everyone else, I love films, um, not as much as Andy does, clearly. <laughs> um, but yeah, everything from proper things like Schindler's List and things like that to the incredible silliness of Transformers, Dark of the Moon. Um, <laughs> there's a wide, wide spectrum of what's acceptable for me, so... This kind of, this podcast suits me down to the ground. Hi, I'm Matt Guy, 31. Uh, I like film long walks in the park, and I'm looking to meet a woman. <laughs> that's, oh, sorry, it's the wrong recording. I'm on. Uh, <laughs> I pretty much wanted to do this podcast to justify my film studies degree, to be honest, uh, and, and hope I can have some value out of it. But I'm I'm really looking forward to working um, with the team and making sure that we can dissect the big the big questions in film and uh, hopefully entertain you guys. Uh, the aim of this podcast is to answer every question that you may have ever thought about film. If you've ever wondered what the best film of the 80s was, which member of the X-Men might be the best ballroom dancer, 
or what the best snack in a cinema is? Stick around. We'll give you the answers, which the answers to those are actually who framed Roger Rabbit, Mystique and nothing. It should be silent in the cinema. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this enough. There is no noise in the cinema. Uh, the format, what we're going to be doing is we're going to alternate each week. One week, we're going to have the question cast. The following week, we're going to be doing a deeper dive onto one specific question, which has haunted film fans for many years. Nicolas Cage, good or bad? A challenge, certainly, but not insolvable, because all actors have distinct values, which I use to find answers. Abed, how much Nicolas Cage did you get? Enough! That was a clip from Community. For those of you who have seen the show, you will know that Abed was driven to the brink of insanity, trying to answer one simple question. This is the question that myself and the lads that we're going to try and answer. It's going to be arduous, but we'll get there. That question, <laughs> of course, is Nicolas Cage, good or bad? Okay, let's run. 